Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, the RV is hitching a ride with Jay. Reader Achuleta. Jay Reader is in Arizona. Jay Reader is a published author. His latest book is a collection of short stories entitled The Best Good Horse. So, Jay Reader, welcome to the RV. Thank you so much, Lucia. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for picking me up in this uh, hot weather we're having. <laughs> yes, it's hot, but I have some water here. <laughs> so before we get into your writing career, I saw you make a decent paella. I currently live in Spain, so paella is a staple meal for us. What kind do you make? Well, oh, the paella? Oh, yes. well, uh, it's pretty simple, and I put in there whatever I can. I I cannot get um, the, regu- the the good Spanish chorizo here, so I uh, instead I use a Portuguese uh, sausage called linguiça. I put I put chicken in it, uh, lots of different vegetables, of course, but um, I make my own sofrito to, to for the rice, and it's it's not it's different. I use white wine, uh, vegetable broth and uh, lots of garlic. Wow. I know linguiça, the Portuguese linguiça, and it's it tastes amazing. I see that you were raised in Texas on the Mexican border. So what was it like growing up in a border town? Well, I'm what they used to call a half-breed. I don't think that's uh, politically correct anymore, but my mother's family is from Mexico, uh, uh, originally from Spain and Mexico and then into Texas. And my father was an Anglo. So I grew up there in a small farming and ranching community where everybody, um, it was a, it was a mixture of, of several cultures, of course, but everybody spoke a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of English. And a lot of times you would mix it up. Uh, it was a very, a very remote area. The nearest uh, doctor, shopping, hospitals, anything like that was about a hundred miles away, uh, and it was um, it was very nice. I we you know it was just 
like a, a big extended family in a lot of ways. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Definitely growing up in a border city comes with being able to be exposed to many different Latino cultures also. And most people grow up being fluent in both Spanish and English. So do you speak Spanish? I, I, I speak enough, yes, to, um, <laughs> to get by. I haven't. When I moved away, of course, I didn't use it very much, so I lost a lot of it. But um, when I would go home, my mother would uh, make sure I, uh, I, I engaged in a language <laughs> for, more than I felt comfortable doing, but she was very strict about that. She didn't want me to lose that. Yeah, no, no, it's very important. I think it's important to to understand your culture, yeah, like at least your mom's side of the family. Yeah. So you grew up working on farms and ranches, but then ended up with a 25-year career in law enforcement. Jay Reader, how did you get into writing? Well, going, going back a, a little bit, Neither of my parents um, had a high school diploma, um, uh, but they were they were successful. But they they stressed education on me, my brothers, uh, and so I decided um, when I was working on farms and ranches that um, it was good while it lasted, and it was uh, it was fun when you're young. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed that kind of work, but I, I was looking ahead and I'm thinking, do I want to be doing this later on uh, when I get older? Of course, my father died while I was in high school, so I didn't didn't have the money to, to send me to school. So I worked at night uh, and I went to school during the day and I finally got my degree. And uh, it was there while I was in college, one of my classmates, an older fellow, was working on his degree, and he was a, a detective, a homicide detective on the police department. And so we would have coffee, and he would tell me about what he did for a living, and I thought, uh, that's that's what I'd like to do. So that's what I did. After I graduated from college, I went into law enforcement. Um, but I wrote a little bit. Uh, I, in college, I actually loved history, and I loved literature. So I thought, well, I'll try writing. And of course, it was nothing. It was horrible. But uh, in in law enforcement, as you go along and you, you become an investigator, you have to write uh, investigative reports. And then if you're going to court, if you're going to take a, a case into court, of course, you have to write uh, for the pro prosecutive report that will show up in court. Uh, or you have to write things to appear before a grand jury and then in court, of course, before the jury. So the writing has to be precise. It, it, you cannot have a lot of adjectives. They don't want opinion. You want facts because that is all that matters is facts, okay? So fortunately, in the world that I grew up in, uh, the people that I worked with and grew up with, they're very uh, plain spoken, uh, not a lot of adjectives, more verbs than anything. So that was kind of a natural for me. So so when I, as I continued to try to write, um, I got some encouragement from a couple of, uh, of actual writers, and uh, but I had a lot of work to do to 
to make it something that I was satisfied with. And I concentrated on that style of writing. And that's, that's my style of writing. Of course, the, the authors that I admired and respected uh, wrote in that style. So um, I, I used them as models to, to try to keep that uh, less adjectives, uh, more verbs, more dialogue. In other words, let the, the dialogue and the action drive the story rather than take the reader by the hand and lay it out in adjectives and let the reader kind of make up their own mind about the story. So that, so that's, I I'm, maybe didn't answer your question, but um, uh, you can, you can get me back on track to see it anytime you want. <laughs> oh, you answered my question. And I see that you've published a few books now, and your latest one is called The Best Good Horse. So, Jay Reader, can you quickly tell us what the book is about? Again, let me go back to set the stage. My first book was a police procedural based on you know my experience in law enforcement, but I didn't want to do a modern day one. I, I wanted to. Uh, I love history, so I set this in the in around 1910 in the Arizona Territory, and it's about the Arizona Rangers. Everybody has read about the Texas Rangers, but very few know about the Arizona Rangers. So I made my story uh, around a, an Arizona Ranger who, by the way, was also a Texas Ranger, which happened a lot. Arizona uh, absorbed a lot of Texas Rangers and they became Arizona Rangers. So that was my novel. But I always preferred short stories. I always preferred writing short stories. Uh, because I had a lot of stories in my mind stored up uh, from my life experiences. And um, so my first book of short stories, The El Paso Red Flame Gas Station, uh, was was a coming of age, a, a series of stories about a young man coming of age in far west Texas. And and the book that you you mentioned, the last book, The Best Good Horse, is another book of short stories, um, but they're more varied. Um, uh, the locales are from Texas to Mexico to uh, the streets of San Francisco, uh, and they're a little bit different there than the first book of short stories, which was centered around one central character, a young young boy who becomes a young man. These are about different characters and some of them totally different situations. Okay. So, uh, and, and the, the title story, of course, is The Best Good Horse. And one of the characters in the story is a young uh, lady called Lucia. Lucia. Yeah, right. So, but I, I, now I wrote this story long before I, I, I heard about you. So um, that that was a it was a an, it was a name that I've always liked, and I used it because one of my favorite authors is Lucia Berlin, and uh, she's since passed on. But she she's just a great author who has so many qualities that I envy that I, 
she has a sense of humor uh-huh. that is, is is wonderful anyway so that's so that's the uh, that's in the, the title story the best good horse best good horse is a story about an old cowhand basically he's a he's a top hand on this spread or ranch and um he basically has hidden away he did not have a, a really good life ended up in prison uh drank too much had the, the all of the usual faults and he ends up on this ranch and he hides from the world there and he spent his life of 20 30 years on the ranch and there is a family there the moreno family and they're they're from mexico and they they have uh, four sons and a daughter. The youngest is a daughter, and her name is Lucia. And he, she was born after he, this central character, whose name is John Wesley Thornhill, uh, who was on the ranch. And he, he sees her around, but she, she, she's five or six years old, and she brings him a plate of pastries that she's basically taken off her mother's table without her knowing about it and brings them to her. Well, naturally that softens his cold, cold heart and they become close and he becomes kind of a, a mentor to her. And so that's kind of a little subplot of the story. The story is about him and him being in the winter of his years and trying to figure out how he's going to, um, what's going to happen to him. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for your your explanation. And also, Jay Reader, what do you think makes for a good story? I have my opinion. I don't know if it's the right one, but I know what makes a good story to me. Uh, and this is what I try to do in my reading. A good story to me is one that tells itself. First of all, you, the characters have to be believable. And I have to say that all of my characters are regular people. Mm-hmm. They're not super educated. They're not super rich. They're not. They're just people trying to get by in life, making a living. And um, so, the, the the my idea of a good story would be the one that tells itself, the actions of the character, their dialogue, and. I would like the story to not over-describe, number one, the 
physical characteristics of the character uh, or too much of a background. I like a little bit of mystery so that I can make up my mind about what I think the character was doing, what, what brought the character to the state they are in in the story. It, um, it can't, how can I say this diplomatically? It, <laughs> it can't be boring. <laughs> okay. and, and, and so that's in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. We shouldn't give away everything about the character. The reader should be able to start imagining and I like this suspense as well. Who is this person? Why is she doing this? Yeah, exactly. You, you're, you're right. And I'm glad that you, you feel that way because uh, I like to think that uh, that's the way my stories are told. <laughs> so. Are you currently working on anything that you would like to share with us? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, um, I have several projects going. I'm, I'm doing some more short stories because I've, uh, they still keep popping up in my head. And so I, I, I do sketches of them so I don't forget completely the train of thought. And I set them aside. But I've been working on a sequel to the novel, uh, Real Sonora. And I've also, uh, I'm, I started sketching out this story. The first, the first story in The Best Good Horse is a, is a, a short story called a prayer to St. Michael. Its main character is a fellow who was uh, in um, the OSS, which is the, worked a lot with the uh, resistance in France mm. when the Nazis had control of France. And so I, uh, at the end of the short story, leaves an opening, and I intentionally did this to kind of force myself to write uh, a, a sequel to it, if not another short story, then at least a novella. So uh, that's the long answer to your short question. Uh-huh. But I, uh, that's, that's, those are the things that I, that I am working on. And I believe you are doing a lot of research for this book. Yes, yes. I, I was very fortunate to have been here in Arizona when I did the research on the Arizona Rangers. And um, at the University of Arizona in Tucson, they have some wonderful archives where you can read the old newspapers of the time. And then I happened to have a great grandfather who, who came to Texas and then to Arizona from Mexico. He came up oh, from, from Mexico in the middle 1800s. And he and I, I found out that he actually took part in the capture of several murderers. Uh, there was a uh, an incident they referred to as the Bisbee Massacre, where uh, these group of four bad guys uh, killed five people. Well, one of them was a, a woman who was nine months pregnant. But he had, he took part in the capture of that, and I thought. That was rather interesting because two of his great grandsons, myself and my first cousin, both spent our lives in law enforcement. So I thought I thought that was kind of ironic. So that spurred me on. But the research, getting back to that, 
Um, the research here for that book was all all contained locally. For the resistance in France and for the history of the OSS and um, and the people that took part, the the French people that took part in the resistance, I've um, I've got stacks of books here that I'm going through frantically because one of the books is about the nuns. There, there, there was an order in Belgium of of nuns that assisted with the resistance, and I thought, wow, how could that? That's got to be interesting. So I'm I'm having a great time reading these stories because in the short story, getting back to the best good horse, a prayer to St. Michael, there is a, a nun who plays a large part and the protagonist meets with her and her duties as a nurse, a nun and a nurse. And they talk very vaguely about a different time during the war this this story is set in the 50s in the early late 50s early 60s after the war of course but they talk about a time and it's very vague and the reader will get the sense that oh they worked together in the resistance in france Mm -hmm. and so so i so i already planted the seed with the Nuns working in the resistance, which I find absolutely fascinating. Um, so I wanted to write about that. So that, so there you go. <laughs> There's your answer. No, I love it. I love these kind of stories. And please let us know as soon as you publish this book, because I'll be super happy to have you here again. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'd, I'd love to come back. Yeah. Yes. And... Is there a message you would like to leave to our listeners today? I refer back to a question that I was asked about what motivates me. And I'm motivated by selfless acts. People, I've seen a lot of bad things in my career. But the things that stand out and that I remember because it's positive are the selfless acts that people do for other people without any hope or promise of reward. They just do it out of the goodness of their heart. And what that does, Lucia, is it it keeps the a little bit of a flame alive that there there is good out there. There there is some evil, but there is also a lot of good. So that's and I and I try to do that. I try to do stuff like that. And I associate with people who do that. So that's um that's the message that uh, is important to me. Thank you. Thank you. I, I do believe that there are many good people there and we shouldn't lose hope. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely no. And Jay Reader, where can our listeners find you and of course your book? Your books? The, the book is published by Izzard, I-Z-Z-A-R-D Publishing, Izzard Inc. Publishing. Uh, it's available on uh, an Amazon, uh, um, 
and the, and the major bookstores. But it's uh, Amazon has it online in both the ebook and the uh, hard copy, or you can get it through the publisher. Mm-hmm. And do you have a website or use any social media as well? Um, unfortunately, no. I don't. Um, it's it's not that I have anything against it. I would be absolutely horrible at it, <laughs> and I don't. I I am on the go so much. I don't really spend a lot of time on the phone or on social media. I'm doing my research and mm-hmm. and that. So. Uh, Our listeners can uh, check your Amazon and actually we'll be publishing about you on our magazine brand education. So they will be able to to check your book Um, for sure can find you. Well, that will certainly be good for my ego. (laughs) 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 I'll look I'll look forward to seeing that. I look forward to that, Lucia. Yes, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be in Arizona. It's hot, but I'm used to hot temperatures. And I I, I really hope you keep researching, keep writing and being just uh, doing amazing things because we need more people like you. Well, thank you so much. That's very kind of you. And uh, I want to wish you the best of luck. You have done very well, and you apparently are expanding uh, your efforts, and I can only wish you the very best for the future. Thank you. Thank you very much, Reader. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening, and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.